Hey everyone, Dan Lovai here and welcome to the New Net Podcast where we talk to interesting people doing interesting things in and around PNG. Uh, today I'll be speaking to one of probably one of our most known guests on the show we've ever had. Uh, she's a senior mixed martial arts instructor. She's been a brand ambassador for a couple of years. I think a lot of our listeners will know uh, her mostly for that uh, from her Sprite Psych Up days. And uh, she is, in my opinion, one of the best masters of ceremony you can get for any event. So please make welcome Isabel Druma. Hey, thank you so much. That's a that, that's an intro, and it's a uh, mind you. I might have to correct you, mistress of ceremony. Mistress of ceremony. Uh, yeah. I see. I see. Yeah, you have to forgive me. My voice is a little bit cracked as um I was uh, singing on New Year's "Sweet Child of Mine" by Guns N' Roses. So I might sound a little bit weird. Oh, no, that's yeah. understandable. I mean, I think before we started recording, you mentioned that like, it should be like a five-day public holiday. Honest to goodness, you sh- <laughs> they should at least have like a five-day break just from and just a recovery. Like, give, like, yep, be back in five, five days, max. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you did during New Year's. Honestly, like, just to adjust. Just to recuperate, to replenish your soul a bit. Anyway. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so how are you this morning? Pretty good. I'm pretty fantastic for what I got up to in the past few days. So, yeah. Oh, no, that's understandable. But, uh, well, Izzy, for those of our listeners who don't know who you are, who have never heard of you, who have never seen a billboard in Port Mosby, <laughs> would you care to just introduce yourself and uh, let the good people know uh, who you are and what it is you do? Thank you. Uh, I'm not going to try to put myself on a pedestal. Uh, <laughs> I try to avoid all the billboards, if you ask me, back then, when they were up. Um, so... My name is Isabel Druma. I'm a 27-year-old um, young mother. I'm a new mother as well uh, to a gorgeous baby girl. Her name is Kaya. And I've been taking mixed martial arts for about, well, since 2011. And I've just been training constantly and then recently stopped due to COVID, of course, because it's uh, an all-body contact sport. And apart from that, I started up an NGO, which also was up, I had to park it because of COVID. Because the restrictions, we, all the borders were up, so we couldn't move around. Because um, the whole idea of the NGO was uh, it was a logistical aid mm-hmm. to take on um, donated supplies to rural areas um, with the help of local logistic companies. And yeah, that's basically what I do. And I have my background in education is not as good as most people. I've, I think, Max, I only went two months in school, in high school, in Pom Grandma, and that was about it in 2009. And a bit of, I think, three or four weeks at Sabishinami when I was in grade seven. That's how I met Daniel Romney. Hi, Danny. <laughs> but apart from that, I haven't um, gone to school. And I did do a little bit of, like, paces uh, under my mom's watch and uh, my stepmom's watch. She was really good with that stuff. But apart from that, never finished high school. Never had a formal um, certificate to my name. Um, just kind of read books through and through. And I had to thank, uh, thank my stepmom for that and my mom as well they've been pushing me since i was a young girl and i'm here today because of them well yeah, i think we met oh man it seems like such a long time now i don't know when we met yeah, <laughs> like, i want to say 2017 i feel like it's been before that yeah <laughs> but yeah we've known each other for a very very long time mm. and so yeah it's i don't know not necessarily surprising but it's nice to hear that there's people out there who you know they don't have a formal education or they haven't had that opportunity but they're still you know taking the reins and you know taking control of their life to oh yeah give absolutely. themselves that opportunity and i think yeah. you're like a perfect like example yeah. of that absolutely i like i just the other day i was interviewing a few candidates for a job and it was basically to serve food at the service station it was it was refreshing like i basically flipped their papers over and i was like i'm not keen on the paper on your education background i just want to know if you can work and if you're keen to learn 
and they were like all you know guns blazing they were keen they're just like you know give me a chance and i feel like that's that's the attitude that needs to be up you know presented when you're going in for jobs and learning new things in my opinion oh yeah especially after the last two years we've had in the country with oh yeah yeah I feel like you can't be picky at the moment. Like me, I've gone through three jobs only because um, I'm a single parent. And in this past year, I went from the hospital and due to some internal circumstances, mm-hmm. I couldn't continue. Um, and then COVID hit. All the Where I was working was just full of COVID at the moment. So I had to park away, mm. well and truly away because I had a daughter to protect. Then I went into the alcohol business. And even that was challenging. I hardly saw my daughter. I couldn't see her as much as I would like and she needed me because she was just you know under one and then so I moved into this more flexible job but in more demanding role as well hmm. um, and so it's yeah it's been like a challenge th- during COVID I guess for everyone as well not just the ones that are in the workforce but the ones outside trying to look for jobs and see the piles of applications on people's desk when I walk into HR <laughs> mm. Well, it's good to hear that there's still people out there fighting for jobs. Nobody's like, oh yeah, definitely. Don't give up, up, guys. Yeah, don't, don't give up. Give up. I think uh, we won't name him, but a good friend of ours spent like I think this year without a job, and I guess recently he, I think he managed to help him find one. So yes. yeah, 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 so yeah. yeah our good friend, good yeah, good like he literally, he's got two kids under his wing at the moment, and I asked him. How do you do it? Because that's insane. And then it was like literally friends and family have just been helping him and he's just been blessed to have that support. And he hasn't like stopped trying to look for a job. He's actually been trying. Mm. And it's been challenging because of the way he's in the hospitality business, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's been yeah, it's been hard for everyone. Uh, well, Izzy, one of the topics that you wanted to talk about when we came on was, I guess, uh, female safety. Female safety mm. and, of course, self-defense. <clears throat> now, I think just to set everything up for everybody who's listening, like full disclosure, you know, as a man, as a female, as a female, as a male Papua <laughs> New Guinean. As a male Papua New Guinean. So something uh, you want to tell us, Dan? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> As a male Papua New Guinean, uh, I don't have that perspective of what it's like to be a woman living in this country or a woman uh, living in Port Moresby. Mm. So for I guess for our male listeners listening, could you maybe paint a picture for what it's like generally, what it's like being a female in Port Moresby in terms of like uh, moving around and how you carry yourself as well as like the things you're considering in terms of your safety when you're out and about in public? Oh, there's lots of things, man. Like, I've got eight brothers, and they always consider my sister's movement. <clears throat> Even my movement, they're a bit uh, particular about the... They're like, oh, easy, you can't go there. Oh, I'll follow you if you're going that way. It's not an independent thing one would like to be in. Like, you know, they want to be independent. They want to move freely, but they can't. And they need... They always have to look over their shoulder. And in terms of, like, independence, you're, like, feeling independent as well. And you know, just having to not look over your shoulder, and that always that paranoia is inbuilt mm-hmm. as soon as you like are ready to leave the gate of your house, you know. And not only that, with the with your freedom of movement, and then your freedom of what you should wear. Like, mm. I wouldn't be able to wear a short skirt, obviously, because I'm asking for it. Uh, in that. Asking for it is implying that the man cannot control themselves, which is just stupid, in my opinion. I think everybody has control over their emotions and their own um, capabilities. Mm-hmm. And they're not animals. So it's really hard for women, in my opinion. Like, I've got two little sisters, and I got, I got a baby girl now. I'm going to be teaching her a lot of stuff. Freedom, especially. Do what you need to do. Do what you have to do to get it done. 
and don't worry about anybody else's opinion. You're going to have some challenges along the way. People are going to catcall, harass you, throw boy skins at you when you walk in on the road. Imagine that. Like your mother is walking. Now I'm just walking. I'm just walking. And then you just feel like rubbish. Like, what is that? Like, that's how we treat our women here when we're walking around. And this is not just in Mosby, man. I've had this mm. encounter when I'm in Hagen, in Ley. Like, I've had this. And I'm sure it's just some people go like, oh, you, you know, Meblusab. And it's that kind of mentality. You don't actually respect or look after our women when they're moving around. And this is what we try to incorporate in the education system these days. Not just through, you know, our schools, but on social media. Mm. All the protest walks, you know, all the self-defense drives. It's all this big campaigns to just get you to change your mindset. Mm. You know, it's a bit sad, but it's a bit fortunate for the women who have to deal with such circumstances. Fortunate for them that they have these avenues in place. And unfortunate that that's how we think. About, like that's how we think our men are like like they just invite all oh, men are idiots so they're gonna harass you when you're walking you know that's a mm. bit that's a sad approach yeah, sorry i went a bit spiral <laughs> oh no it's all poor it's all related i think i guess i wanted to oh no i mean i guess i uh wanted to add on the uh you mentioned the protests and i remember there was a big uh uproar i think this was during the big gbv protests i think two years ago mm. after the uh death of uh Jeneline. When that happened, I remember there was specifically a big uproar when there was a picture of this lady holding up a sign saying something along the lines of "It's not safe being a woman in PNG," and yeah. I remember I remember specifically <clears throat> after that like made the rounds. It was making the rounds as like you know some women were agreeing. They were like, "Yeah, no, she's right. It's, that's the reality. Sometimes it's not that safe being a woman." But then also, uh, I guess men very like. What's the word? Disagreeing. Oh, yeah. yeah they, had, they were very much <clears throat> Big disagreeing time. with what she said. No, without naming any names, you know. Um, that particular time, I was gearing up to go out to the protest. I messaged my friends. Um, I said, listen, I'm coming out. And I was pregnant. I was pregnant. Right. And one of my friends, I won't name who, but said, Izzy, you can't do that. Your safety's on the line. Safety, but beginning to believe it. And they're probably going to, you know, there's probably going to be a big riot that's going to happen. It's not safe for you to go out there. And then it hit me. I was like, wait, I'm going to be a mother and I'm pretty sure she's going to be a girl. Mm-hmm. I need to set an example. What am I setting if I don't go? What am I setting if I do go? I'm setting, if I do go, I'm proving that I'm, I'm you know, showing my support for, you know, violence, against, like mm-hmm. non-violence against women. And if I don't go, I'm setting an example to be a good, you know, stay at home, think about your safety mother. But in saying that, mm. so I was fighting two battles, you know? Safety of my daughter in the tummy, like, stay put. Or protect my sisters. Show support for my sisters. That they're in trouble. This is what you do. You step up and you help. So I was caught between the two. Like, I would have loved to have gone. And he did have a point, my, my friend at the time. He was thinking about the safety mm. of the baby and myself. But at the same time, I was very, I was not agreeing with that statement. I was like, I got to go. I didn't end up going, sadly, mm. but I wish I did. Oh, man, you know, but yeah, that was quite the time. I remember like that was probably the loudest that movement ever was. Oh, yeah. And I think, yeah, now that I think because of that, that time period now, the that voice is louder than ever before. So I think that's a very good thing. And I guess related to that, as well as a uh, female safety, um, I also wanted to ask how, how important and I guess how important and necessary, I suppose, do you think it is? when it comes to women and then women in general, at least having some knowledge of 
uh, self-defense. Very important. I am only going to force one teaching on my daughter. And she can... I won't force any other teaching. You know, like, I wouldn't force her to read a book. If she wants to read a book, she'll read a book. I'm going to make it interesting. There's one thing I will force on my daughter is to protect yourself. And I think that's in every human nature. You need to learn how to protect yourself. Like, when you get into a taxi... You don't hop into the front seat. You hop into the back seat behind the driver. So if he does anything funny, at least you can pull the seatbelt above his shoulder, wrap it around his neck, and pull the handbrake. You know, multiple things. Even if it's in manual, pull the handbrake. It's no big deal. Get out of the car if it's going on a different route than what you guys were agreed upon. There's others like getting into PMV bus. Don't sit at the back of the bus. Try sit behind the bus crew or sit at the entry, the seat right next to, like parallel to the door. Mm-hmm. That's next to a window, so that if any anybody does funny try to get into the bus, at least the scapegoat is on the window, so you can just jump out, and that you're not trapped if you're sitting at the back. And if you're behind the bus crew, you can control the bus crew by wrapping your hands around his neck, holding him hostage, or jumping out the window if you don't want to try anything hostile. Jumping out the window that's behind him, or even sitting where the driver is offside. That's a great seat as well because a big mm. it's a big window you can jump out if anything goes down funny. Always check your six and mirrors. Always look at mirrors, reflections. I always check who's behind me, who's around me in mirrors. I always try to use reflections. Phones. If I pick up the phone, I can see who's behind me, the reflection on my phone. If I don't carry a phone, that's fine. Use other methods like a window reflection. Nice to wear a little bit of bangles with a little bit of spike on them. Um, so you mm. can, you know... Smack it across someone's face or even just carrying your phone and you just you do a quick jab on the neck on someone's pressure point. It's just like a shock factor, like throw them off and have time for you to run. Kind of like um, in Harry Potter where uh, the Goblet of Fire uh-huh. and he's casting the spell on um, Lord Voldemort and then all the uh-huh. ghosts come in and they just kind of smoke him out and then they run. So he's done uh-huh. in any kind of way. He hasn't, he's not harmed in any way. He's just distracted. That's basically it. Is he just bangs down? Oh, nice, even yeah. just screaming and just like ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just basic basic things. Oh, what else? So there's so many other things. There's people pulling can. I could show you this, but it's all practical. I could right, tell right, you a theory, right. but it's a bit difficult to um, illustrate. Right, I can only imagine. Like as like as a as a male walking around uh you know Mosby PNG you know it's it's not safe like I'm it's not safe for anybody it's not safe for Oh yeah 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 but of course you know females are most times more at risk so yeah yeah so we're these are yeah. the attacks considered vulnerable but we're not oh, but that's good to know yeah so yeah i do agree with you yeah at least at least everybody should know some form of self defense everyone something everyone. funny is always happening especially your moms in my opinion mm. Protect your mom. Teach them these basic things. Like, especially all about Golo Market, you know, they had their billum. Have something heavy in that billum. Swing that billum. Clock them. My mom was not a very violent woman, but we taught her to have something, like, either carry an umbrella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just for... And she did. She used it when she got mugged um, at the corner of uh, the Mosby House Theatre. Name drop. Oh, <laughs> and... Uh, he, she was walking with my brother, but she walked ahead, and, and my brother was still behind. And then um, these group of guys attacked her, and she literally pulled out the umbrella and just started like trying to fend mm. them off. Like it was good defense. And then my brother came in and took care of everything, <laughs> just annihilated. And then my mom started running. <laughs> Funny story. She started running, and she thought, "Oh, oh crap! I forgot about my son." Runs back. <laughs> <laughs> she goes back, and my brother's like, "Oh, mom, just go, just go, just go." <laughs> 
Don't forget your children <laughs> in those situations, ladies. I mean, it happens. So I'm like, you forget about Kyle all the time. <laughs> but she can take care of herself. She's my daughter. <laughs> oh, man. Along the lines of uh, self-defense, is there anywhere that uh, ladies can go to learn to, and like to get more technical, like proper maybe martial arts or get more in-depth classes on self-defense? Is there anywhere they can go? Yeah, like there's lots of places. Like, listen, at the moment, because of COVID, you can't really interact mm. as close as you would like or to practice these things. But I would recommend strongly um, either checking out Hazel at True Warrior if you're here in Mosby. If you're outside in different provinces where you don't have access to these type of teachers and stuff like that, um, best to go on YouTube and just google basic self-defense for women walking on the street basic self-defense for women being in the house basic self-defense against uh, for women um against an abusive partner you know these types of things it's you literally have information in the palm of your hand uh, i cannot you know emphasize that more people don't realize that <laughs> yeah no there's a lot of people they, yeah. know, they only see phones as entertainment nothing yeah. about entertainment yeah. And when you're walking on the road, this is what I do. You don't have to do it, but I feel like it's a security precaution. But, um, when I'm walking on the footpath, especially like between 5 and 6, I don't recommend you walking at that time. If you walk, But if you're in a safe area, sure, go ahead. But I was walking from Miami to Rainbow. And so what I did is I alternate. I kept zigzag crossing. So I'd go from the footpath to the island. So mm. the island's the next footpath, and then I'll cross over. Uh, what it does is it gets me a clear view of what exactly is around me. It's a bit of a hassle, especially when you, I uh, like to, the ones with my, uh, babies especially. Um, just keep moving. Just be unpredictable. So basically what I'm trying to say. Because these guys watch you. Oh, gosh. There's a lot to think yeah, about, right? Yeah. It's exhausting. This is what women have to think about. They have to think about, okay, is this appropriate? Should I wear this because it'll be may, may, maybe more flexible in my movement, mm. you know? Is this more appropriate? Like, should I wear black? Because Milaslo, you know, all my looking skin color, like skin, should I wear this type of clothes? It's really annoying. And then you gotta think about your route. Like, is it safe? Or you gotta think about a taxi driver. Is he safe? You gotta think about, oh, is when I get to the destination, are my friends safe? Should I trust my friends? You know? All these trust issues. And basically being in, built at this at a young age, mm-hmm. I don't trust this guy. Don't do this. Don't do that. You can't do this because you're a woman. Yeah, get out of here. Literally got tired of that noise. Well, since we're still on the topic of uh, tips and things to consider when you're out and about, things to be on the lookout for, Isabella, someone who has a very, you know, exciting uh, weekend life, <laughs> who tends to be out and like about. I like to dance. That's all I can say. I like to boogie. Uh, what's your question? What uh, What advice or tips would you have? Like, some in similar vein of what you were just saying now, what advice would you have for... Uh, the ladies who like to experience the nightlife. Sure. Go in a pack. Go in a pack. Literally, I tell my best friends this. We go together, leave together. No man left behind. Or in this case, no woman left behind. Literally. And then always have, and I do mean drink responsibly, ladies. Um, peel off the labels of your drinks if you are drinking um, so you know which drinks are yours. Or have an, a mark your like, bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to peel off the top label of any bottle drink that I'm drinking. And I like to get rid of the straws if I'm drinking from a glass. Um, just so I know which drink is mine. Oh, and I also like to notice the color changes in my drink. Like if the color changes, obviously I know it's been spiked. So I put it back. Oh, I never actually put the drink down at all in front of people uh. that I don't know. Um, so if I put it, yeah, I always watch my drink. I always actually hold my drink. 
um be careful who you talk to not everybody's nice um i'm not saying that don't trust anybody don't have be trusty i guess you could say i don't know how to say <laughs> don't trust anybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, just be careful i guess yeah, yeah. be careful in be terms careful. of uh, exiting the location what tips do you have for that right drink a lot of what if you are intoxicated Drink a lot of water just before you leave, just so you're a bit stable when you're moving. Uh, this also helps with the hangover. Um, FYI. Yeah, just thought I'd drop that in there. little hack that everyone should know. Everyone already knows. Basically, if you're coming out, like, just look out. Mansa, you know, they observe you going into the building, and they also observe you coming out. Mm. They mark your things. And I, I'm pretty sure there's common knowledge, and if it's not so common knowledge, is not so common, I guess. Yeah, just be in the lookout. Literally, I would, my best... Uh, Advice is to go with a crew. Go with a crew, leave with a crew. Yeah. No man left behind. Well, yeah. No woman left behind. No woman left behind. You mentioned earlier that, uh, of course, you're a new mother, little girl. So I guess uh, it comes with a lot of responsibility, you know, being a parent, especially with your current situation. I guess, uh, what did you, what, uh, what qualities would you like to instill in your daughter as she will, of course, become like a new uh, future woman in PNG? So what kind of, especially since she's like a new generation, she's a new life. So Oh, it's so hard. It is so hard to parent, especially in this day and age. Like I'm, I may be saying this now. I'm pretty sure my mom said it when she was raising me, but they're exposed to every single thing. Like there is no filter. And it makes me worry like, I don't want to control the outcome of my daughter as much as, you know, most parents would like. Because like at the end of the day, I want her to be free spirited. I want her to choose her destination and to where she and her and her destiny. I want her to choose that as well. She has her life in her hands, and I think that's what I want to instill into her: is just don't be afraid. If you mess up, learn from it. And if you reckon you could have done it better, then do it better next time around. I think that's it. Just and be really, really kind. Um, kindness kill anybody with kindness that's about it with my I thought about it so hard like I felt like oh I wanted to be a lawyer I wanted her to be this I wanted her to be that like professional wise you know I wanted her to be this astronaut what if she's like this really really good you know criminal you know I'm just saying like things could happen like my daughter I'm just being realistic I, I have a feeling in my heart that she's gonna be great as to what I don't know it's just like again going back to Harry Potter you know the you know Ollivander the one the mm-hmm. one guy he's like this one belonged to a great wizard he did terrible things <laughs> but great <laughs> and i feel like i wanna like i feel like my daughter's gonna be great i just don't know what yet in uh and for whatever whatever the outcome is i have to support it it's my, my daughter and i love her so yeah i just wanted to know that you can get far with kindness respect not being afraid of anything mm-hmm. and kindness mom respect. brain he wasn't even paying attention he was like wow wow nod your head nod your head (laughs) you listed a lot of things okay (laughs) but i think i think that is a good attitude i guess sometimes parents parents can be a bit controlling on what they want their child to do yeah Yeah, so giving them giving them that choice to do whatever they want as long as they do it well is a great thing yeah Uh, my mom was super supportive of whatever i did um, granted, I did do a lot of mistakes, <laughs> a lot of mistakes. And then looking back at it now, I just want to punch myself so hard. I just want to, mm, you are <laughs> uh, And I wish I, I wish she was alive so I could say thank you. And I know it's a bit very, very far from that. And I guess 
I suppose we know a lot of people, especially in our generation, who, you know, they reached their 20s. They may or may not have gotten into university or they may not have been given the opportunities they wanted in the first place. And then they end up, I guess, stagnating and then they end up just... Going into this depression spiral of not knowing what to do. That Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That and then maybe just, you know, becoming the, you know, the infamous term, a liability. Ah. Yeah. Oh, so do mate. you ever worry about that with your daughter? Oh, I'm going to check her out into the bewilderness at 16, I'm sure. <laughs> Knowing me, I want her to suffer so she can actually learn how to come out of it like a phoenix. Sorry, that was a bit harsh. But <laughs> I have to say, I'm surrounded by a diverse group of people. And I'm surrounded by people who are very fortunate growing up. And I'm surrounded by people who are not so fortunate. And I'm surrounded by people who are fortunate growing like very fortunate growing up but then fell off the wagon um mm-hmm. due to unforeseen circumstances so numb mill you know i was one of those people that came from like i had everything in the beginning with when my mom and she had a lot of kids and then everything went downhill from us because it was money wise but it made us hungry like seeing my mom struggle to look after all of us and my stepdad looking after all of us they struggled big time then half the time they didn't know what they were doing i'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> but they kept their head on you know they just kept moving and it was like me coming and looking at my friends was so fortunate they come from a really good family i'm talking loaded i didn't see the hunger that i saw in my brothers and sisters like i can see it in my son i see it in some of my friends that hunger it literally drives them to get somewhere like they've never been physically hungry i guess you could say they don't i don't think they know what starvation feels like and for me, that's a big fear factor for me. Like, that is one thing that I don't want to put my daughter through mm-hmm. is starvation. I, was, I used to starve for days because no money look like yeah. I'm not putting bad negative to, on my friends. Like, I love them. And they're so smart. They're brilliant people. They have their drive, a certain different type of drive. It's more like a, like a pride that they have to prove that they can self-sustain themselves with their, you know, not being able to rely on their moms and dads. But this liability thing, them staying home, I think they don't... Like, in my personal opinion, I don't think they appreciate their parents enough to, or themselves enough. I don't think they appreciate themselves enough to go out and do something for themselves, to grab something. Uh, At least you're trying. That's all you can say. At least you tried. Yeah, I guess just don't give up or at least do something with your life. Yeah, just keep trying. If you find yourself in that kind of situation. Yeah. Just keep trying. Don't give up. Do something for yourself. And I guess as a warning, you know, like your parents aren't going to be around forever. So Hell I no. guess prepare for that. <laughs> Just remember that and prepare for that. Now, Izzy, I wanted to ask, not ask, but sorry, talk about the next topic. I guess one of the biggest topics, whenever we're talking about women's issues, especially in PNG, one of the biggest topics is always going to be or has been uh, gender-based violence and everything mm-hmm. that comes with that. But one thing a lot of people don't know about gender-based violence is that it comes in many different forms. Oh, yeah. physical, but then there's also the mental aspect of that. Mental and emotional aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Now, I had this friend. I won't say her name. <laughs> but uh, she got involved with this man, and this man was being terrible to her. Just terrible. And wasn't like well some of it was physical but mostly it was all emotional and mental abuse and she was just and she had just had a baby you could imagine women go through so many hormone changes and you just think oh it's just a mother she's got hormones whatever but it's actually more than that it actually affects 
the hormones actually affect the brain the body everything if your emotions aren't right obviously your mind won't be right and your intent and then result into your body not being right everything has like an effect like your body can be perfect but if your mind and your heart is not right everything's gonna fall apart now when you're having when you just had a baby you're under so much pressure hormone like your emotions are just i suffer from postnatal depression man it is and i'm still going through it. i'm trying still trying to recover often or not it's a mother thinking that she can't be she won't be good enough for her baby or she wants this perfection conventional setting that there's mm-hmm. you know so off like because social media builds this perfection you know image and then you have to be that to be happy no mate my friends told me she's a single parent she's like is he stop trying to go after the conventional life just stop trying to force what's not meant to be and i was like all right and i literally opened up to my partner and and this same girl um she opened up to her partner about her she was Mm -hmm. going crazy she was literally going crazy same i was going crazy i was being abusive at some stage it was and i i'm gonna blame it on my hormones Mm. I was my mind wasn't straight, my heart wasn't straight, and I was being abusive towards my partner at the time, and he was being abusive back, and we were reciprocating abuse back and forth, you know, the uh, forms of gaslighting, you know, and that all mixed with postnatal depression, also mixed with some physical abuse, you know, it was just toxic, and at some stage you gotta take a step back, realize what's important, which is you, if there's a baby involved, your baby, and if there's a partner involved, your partner, and if it means that you guys gotta separate, separate, only because. You got to protect you and your child at the end of the day. And you got to do what's best. And that's not a self... You got to be a little bit selfish on your part at at the same time. So there's all sorts of abuse. And I'm just speaking from experience. Mm -hmm. That's the type of abuse that I went through. The person was a great guy. I have nothing negative to say about that. At the time, it was very very sensitive. So there's all types of abuse and uh, i'm seeing my friends go through it and i keep telling them about postnatal depression you gotta identify the problem before you can fix it i guess most women don't know about postnatal depression i recommend you guys google this it's really important identify it because some women can have postnatal depression even while they're pregnant going straight into um a post like straight after delivery and they immediately they can sometimes detach themselves from their baby or or they can detach themselves from themselves they can feel unloved the mother and this can in fact hurt the connection you have with your baby these are just stuff that i read up on man you can you don't don't try don't trust mm-hmm. me on this go do your own research i encourage everybody to research all types of abuse mental emotional and physical and also be aware that you are not always the victim you can be the perpetrator and i have been the perpetrator in some forms of gaslighting i didn't actually know what gaslighting was can you define gaslighting for those who don't know there's different settings of gaslighting like there's mm-hmm. narcissism like a narcissist and like napoleon syndrome kind of thing where they try to could manipulate and control your feelings and try to tell you how you feel when you know how you feel mm. and but it's 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 the complete opposite of what's happening and they try to turn reality to make it suit them and turn your reality like they try to manipulate your reality basically and make you seem psycho <laughs> can you give me an example um, like all right. of your standard gaslighting argument where they try to manipulate you standard gaslighting oh it's like for example there's a book here with richard branson mm-hmm. i will tell you that it is Charles mckinney and i will make you think that you're lying about the title even though i can you can see it point blank right i will mm-hmm. convince you 
I will convince you so hard to change your reality on this book. I will change your reality. I'll tell you now. This is, what, what did I say? Brent McAnooey. I'll say Brent McAnooey. This is a Brent McAnooey book, all right? But I will tell, I will keep telling mm-hmm. you, it's a Brent McAnooey book. You're, you're blind. But I can see that it's But you it's can see it, right? Yeah. Like, and But I'll make sure that you, I'll change your reality. <laughs> this will in turn make you doubt yourself, right? This will be like, oh, wait. What she, she's right this whole time. It is a Brent McAnooey book, all right? So if I tell you that you're a stupid idiot, you're not a good enough woman, mm. and that you will never come to anything great, like, ever, you will think that about yourself, all right? You will think that, oh, I have this person so close to my heart, and he thinks this about me. I may as well think this about myself. See what I mean? Right. So I've been told that, oh, Izzy, you're, you're a useless human being. You're an ingenuine person. You have no love, no heart, no anything. You are the most toxic human being. I was like, maybe he's right. <laughs> so I sit in my corner and I cry. <laughs> and um, that's another form of gaslighting making you think. Oh, God. <laughs> but in saying that, that's like, and, you know, I could turn around in a defense mode and be like, you know what? If I'm a piece of you're, you're, you're a crap person, mm-hmm. you know? I'll tell you that you would never come to anything, okay? Just because of anger, you know? And you don't actually mean it. And then I realize that I actually hurt the person, you, like, I love. So that's in form, like, love is a very, you know, I don't, I'm not too much about love. I'm, I'm 28, people. <laughs> but, um... If I love you, Dan, mm-hmm. I appreciate and I will put your opinions on this highest pedestal in my heart. This right. is my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. And whatever you say, I will respect. If you turn around and tell me that I'm a, I'm a crap person, I'm a no good, you know, whatever, I will believe it. Because I literally respect you and I put you on high. Like, you are so right. close to my heart. Okay? Well, also, gaslighting can come through not just a romantic relationship, but can come through all forms of relationship. Your parents... Your brother, your sister. Just identify it and just like talk about it. And like people be like, oh, is he, you don't really know how gaslighting is. You just heard it and you think it's cool so you just talk about it. No. You read up on this stuff, man. It's actually true and it's, I think my mom's been gaslighted so many times. I think about it. (laughs) And this isn't something a lot of people know. Like it's something we do subconsciously. Yeah. Maybe it's something that they grew up on and they didn't know so then they do it. Exactly. So you got to reevaluate yourself sometimes which is part of growth, I guess. Really check yourself. Like, have a self-intervention with yourself. I'm like, all right, hold on. I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. I know this is wrong. I know this is right. And also, learn to respect your, you know, partner. And obviously, you're not going to try and hurt the person you love, and you want them to be happy, right? In my opinion. Some people... Oh, I mean, isn't that how it's supposed to be? I mean, that's how I was taught. Apparently, as the other day, I was um, talking to somebody that was like, oh, if my husband doesn't hit me, he doesn't love me. <sighs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> you do know that's just a, like that's just mental and just physical abuse. But anyway. But yeah, it comes in all different shapes and forms. It comes yeah. all like I said, you got to identify, especially if you are the problem. Like just acknowledge, I, I was a problem in certain mm. other relationships, man. I'm not going to lie. Because that's yeah. the thing. Some people lack that, uh, that self-awareness yeah. to be able to see that what they did was the wrong thing. Sure, the other person may have done the wrong thing as well, but the way collective. you may have reacted. Yeah, like a collective thing, yeah. That's a lot, eh? I'm not probably the best person to talk about mental, um, um, mental issues, or but I can be the one to talk about it on a first hand, like experience wise. I tell you, it's not nice. It tears you down. 
and it took me a while to build myself back up. So yeah. You've done a fantastic job, Izzy. You're looking great nowadays. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> me and my baby are rocking it. Oh man. Well, uh, I think we're coming to the end of yeah. the interview so far, but there is one question I did want to ask you. Okay. A bit topical, a bit more uh, up to date with what's been happening recently in the country, mm-hmm. especially with regards to uh, New Year's Eve and all the things that have been happening there. So after New Year's Eve, or I don't know, for some reason, specifically this New Year's Eve, or the, or the recent one we had, there was quite a large number of youths who were extremely intoxicated oh, yeah. <laughs> like just very very intoxicated yeah. and then a lot of people are pointing the blame towards the i guess the availability of a lot of the cheaper alcohol that's out mm-hmm. nowadays especially cheaper spirits and cheaper hard stuff that's available now it's definitely more accessible um and like large quantities of alcohol percentages are in small cans like i'm talking a 330 mil with a 10 or 12 percent alcohol percentage i don't know if they're regulating this but i'm pretty sure there's a law i'm not gonna announce it over here but i'm pretty sure there's an excise law um that they should you know regulate these type of things Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be out in the market um i'm just saying like it's crazy how this stuff isn't regulated over the past few years. How is it possible that it's gotten away with it this far? It is crazy. And letting the kids come into the bottle shops is also illegal. Like buying, purchasing, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Like it, oh, and plus two, the education on alcohol starts at home. Right, maybe they were just, like, you know, most instances they're brought up on that culture, that drinking culture. Yeah, so. and like, not only the drinking culture, but like, you know how they're like, um, like, I'm not saying introducing alcohol into your family dinner is okay, but it definitely teaches them on how to regulate their alcohol intake as they get older. I have this, my friend, uh, mm-hmm. like he takes his little sister out and he looks after her and he teaches her about, you know, alcohol usage and she, do, like, she doesn't go all out. Like she, she may, like, she'll regulate herself as she's out and about, but like she's, comes back home safe and sound and it, i think it starts at home this whole alcohol thing starts at home teaching your kids about alcohol and it's not a bad thing honest to, honest to goodness it's not a bad thing teaching it's like teaching your kids about sex teach them how to use a condom they won't get an std teach them how to drink responsibly they won't go and do irresponsible mm-hmm. things you know like large consumptions of alcohol like i got introduced my first alcohol uh, was a glass of wine by my grandfather when i was seven years old and from and I didn't start drinking until I was twenty one, and it was with literally with a group of friends that I trusted. Mm-hmm. And my mom was, you know, she was like, "Yeah, you want to start drinking?" I was like, oh, "It's all right, I'll I'll wait." You know, it's a it's a big thing, and I I want to be careful with what I do. So I think it starts at home, not just with the right. government. You know, we couldn't put all blame on the government here. Let's take it back a bit and start at home. I mean, Dan, how old were you when you started drinking? <sighs> I'd say. After, definitely after high school. I may have been under 20. I'm not quite sure. Maybe yeah. over 20. But were you ever with like an irresponsible crowd? Like, were you with anybody that you didn't trust? No. You were always with people yeah. you trusted. And they obviously drank alcohol at your rate, right? And both of you were always safe. Mm-hmm, yeah. And whether it would be drinking in the house or drinking at somebody's house, you guys wouldn't be out doing crazy things. You know, completely ra- like radical things. But you guys were always in a safe environment. Yes. And you knew the safe consumption of alcohol. And you also knew what to do, like teaching them about hydration, 
between drinks is so important. Like a hangover is basically lack of sleep and dehydration, uh, lack of electrolytes in your body because all the alcohol has absorbed all the water in your body. So that's probably why you wake up with a bit of a headache and just feeling really groggy. Um, literally drink, I recommend carrying a bottle of water. Um, literally like that one that you got there. Mm-hmm. Pass it to me. So I can show them. Can you guys see that bottle of water right there? Sorry, it's off the frame. <laughs> it's out of frame. So this, if you can just carry this, carry this into, mm-hmm. like when you're going drinking with your mates, and just carry this. I mean, you're not going to stop the person from drinking, right? Obviously, it's a, it's a choice that they want to, you know, indulge themselves with. So I guess teach them responsibly. It's like stopping someone from having sex. They're not going to stop having sex, but may as well teach them about condoms and... Contraceptives. You contraceptives know, yeah. and, you know, going and getting your checks done, get your STD check done. Know your status. And, yeah. Don't take offense to it when somebody asks, hey, do you get checked? I literally asked three guys and they're like, is he what? No. <laughs> stop. All right? Stop. I'm a saint. I don't do that. I'm like, all right, guy. All I mean, right, we get it. It's free. It is. You need to normalize getting SED checks. It's you can get SEDs in so many different ways. You must sit on the toilet seat there, but you seem sick. Wait, what? What? Literally clean everything. Get yourself checked. I, I feel like we on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, just get yourself like normalize it. I'm telling you guys, get yourself checked. Yeah. And teach yourself about alcohol. Yeah. Yes, I think yeah no. I guess, yeah, whenever I do go for a gathering where there's alcohol, I either get, I'm making a culture of bringing like a one liter bottle, mm. both for during drinking and then the day after. Because yeah. it's the worst thing when you wake up after a hectic night yeah. and there's no water in the house. Yeah. There's no water like in the fridge. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I think the teaching about the alcohol consumption starts at home. It'll teach them how to be more responsible. Don't make it a taboo kind of topic at home. Okay, sure, we come from a Christian country. I'll mm-hmm. acknowledge this, right? A lot of our a lot of our family homes are like, you know, all about Christian. We don't talk about alcohol. We don't talk about sex. No. I think that should change in my opinion. Um, trust me, you will see some great results as you get older. Like my mom was full on hands out with my brothers and my brothers were super religious. My mom taught him about sex, how to not have babies, you know, um, when's the right time to have babies, how to do like pick the right partner, you know, all this sort of things and the consumption of alcohol. And sure, we get a little crazy, but we're always responsible. And I think it starts at home, as well as being outside. And at schools, too. True, because I guess that comes with the responsibility of being a parent, because these are things that your children will learn about. Mm. And who is who else is the best person to teach them about these things than you? Because you don't want them to learn <laughs> it from their friends who may have also have no idea what exactly. they're doing. And then... The cycle just continues, so like, I guess. Hey, Dad, yeah. you drink this. What's this? Oh, <laughs> huh, yeah. I'm drinking. And uh, we're out smashing bottles on the road. <laughs> Great. Looks like fun. Nobody's telling us this is wrong. <sighs> but yeah, no, yeah. It. I guess it comes with that responsibility. Because if you don't teach them what's what, then they'll never learn what's what. Exactly. Like, even if it's like, your uncle or your auntie, I recommend you teach them. Just teach them about alcohol consumption. That's the right way to do it, you know? And I recommend if you're going to start drinking, sit with good company. Yeah, no, that's the other thing. Be very aware of the crowd that you're with yep. whenever there's alcohol involved. I just think they're a nice person. Like, literally trust them. Like, I recommend starting drinking with, like, family. Yeah, I started drinking with my mom, my grandfather. Hmm. They're cool people. <laughs> but, yeah, basically, yeah, vet your company. Make sure they're decent people. Make sure they're people who can, when they are under the influence, they don't get hectic because there's a lot of people who... They can be a perfectly fine person, best person in the world when they're sober, but the moment they have alcohol in their system, it's a different story. And 
not a story you want to repeat exactly. <laughs> after that one bad experience but yeah just be careful of your company be careful of your consumption and like i said if you're a parent maybe consider teaching your child or children what comes with it the responsibilities you have when you're drinking and what it entails and everything that comes with it yeah all this talk about like drinking has got me thinking about chicken <laughs> i'm thinking about chicken maybe it's because we we're talking about um your previous episode with jules hannah Sorry, oh, yeah. name drop again. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Isabel. No, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's interesting being back in the in front of the camera. It's nice. Oh, well, it's <laughs> always a fun time whenever you're around. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. But yeah, what are your plans for the new year? You, the year just started, so any big? Uh, so check ideas? this out. So 2020 to 2021, um, my li- my only mission, and I said this one word: build. I was straight out of the hospital. Had a baby to my name, didn't have anything to my name, uh, didn't have any assets to my name, and I was like, I'm going to build. So I'm going to build a house, I'm going to build this, I'm going to buy some land, I'm going to build this, start up this NGO, resurrect it from before COVID happened, you know, just get it going, like just do things. So I started building, and I'm pretty good at the moment. I mean, you see where I am now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so this year resolution, uh, I'm not believing in resolutions. I just believe in doing benchmark goals for the next five years. And I think my goal was to set out and do the goals that I wanted to do. And I was with these Angians on, <laughs> sorry, I'm really good friends with some Angians. And he gave me this great analogy about some cuscus. <laughs> He was like, when the cuscus climbs a tree and you're out hunting for meat, you look at him cuscus and your friend says, me make him leg, me make him hand, me make him head blame. And the guy's like, look at no, mitla wait, mitla kill him past them, then like, you make him one of leg, hand, whatever, you know? Basically, don't count your eggs before they hatch. Mm. And mate, when I heard this, like, when the eggs, I was like, that's a great analogy. Yeah, it's great, like, Hunt first, then count your blessings after. Like so, basically do the hard work. Now I feel like I need to do all the goals that I need to uh, set out to do. Um, my job for this year is to execute them. Lovely, that's great. I think yeah, no, same here, same here, <laughs> same here, really same energy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yes, Isabel, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank Can you, you put for- like a graphics with a cuscus here, Godfrey? <laughs> Check out this couscous. Couscous. Remember, you gotta kill it first. Okay, don't then kill the couscous. Yeah, like yeah, but that was part of the analogy. Sorry, sorry. Okay, yeah. So hunt the meat. Let's put a different. Let's change it up a bit. We're all about um, animal safety. Don't buy animals on the side. Of the, don't buy animals on the side of the road. Hunt the 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 let's wallaby. Another, yeah, use yeah. another like, a- analogy. Uh, let's. Uh, um, you gotta hunt first mm-hmm. to eat like to catch your meat. Actually, do the hunting. Yeah, do the happen. killing and then do the cutting. Sure. Mr. Sadistic over here. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we've come to the end of the podcast. Isabel, thank you very much. Are you going to cut that out? <laughs> <laughs> Godfrey? We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for joining us. And that's been the New Net Podcast. Thank you.